Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast, helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business. Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast episode of the West Trek Entrepreneur. We appreciate you joining us, whether you're watching us on our YouTube channel, uh, thanks to, to those who subscribe, or you're listening to us on your commute to and from meetings or whatever you're doing today. I'm excited. Today we have a good friend of mine on the podcast. We have Drew Serza, the wing king himself. Thanks for joining us today, Drew. Uh, David, great to talk to you always. And we got a half an hour together. How about that? Dude, it's going to go by really quick. <laughs> so as always, I want to make sure that I'm making our quick announcement to keep you guys in the loop of what's actually going on. So as maybe you guys do know or don't know, for those who've been following my journey, I'm having my very first baby literally this week. So we're <laughs> taking a little bit of break from events this summer just because I can't literally be there. So, But our next event, which is a doozy, this is probably one of the most exciting events I've ever done. We've literally rented the largest boat charter in Buffalo. Double-decker boat holds about 100, 125 people. We're going to do a sunset cruise on August 8th, and that is from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. So again, it's August 8th. That's a Tuesday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. It's a Tuesday. We're going to put our RSCPs in June because we don't want you to plan too far ahead because things change over the summer. So if you want to make sure that you RSCP to that event, if you want to sponsor that event, let me know. So I want to make sure that we uh, are keeping you in the loop here of what's going on. So anyways, Drew, obviously I know who you are. In fact, 95% of Buffalo knows who you are because you're so good at branding and what you do. But for the 5% that don't know who you are, Drew, who are you and what do you do? I'm still trying to figure out who I am. Are you kidding me? So, uh, well, I'm uh, Drew Serza and uh, I grew up in Kenmore, New York and uh, went to St. Joe's High School, go St. Joe's, then went to college at Bryan Stratton and then Duval University. I've had a great life, man. It's um, and still going. And uh, I've got a beautiful family, uh, two daughters, uh, Nicole, 28, who just gave us our first grandchild, Brooklyn. Oh, cool. So I'm kind of in your boat. They're great kids. And she's a pediatric nurse practitioner at Dent. My daughter, Sydney, is a 25-year-old school teacher, phys ed. And I got a lovely wife, Jody, and two golden retrievers. Life is good. And um, always been entrepreneurial. Love it. Just happened. I think being an entrepreneur is it's really a frame of mind. It just happens. It's a frame of mind, and it just it comes from within. Mm-hmm. I live in East Aurora now, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, because you know, he lived in Clarence with East Aurora. She's now he's a North, North Towns guy to South Towns guy. Yeah. But for those that don't know Drew on a business level, he is the one that founded and created the Buffalo Chicken Wing Festival. Yes, the festival that Buffalo loves every year. I go every single year. I love it. it you know, obviously, he's a Buffalonian. If you, it's kind of like if you live in Buffalo, you know two things. You know who the Google Dolls are, and you know the Buffalo Chicken Wing Festival. And this guy created that. So, so Drew, when did this, how long have you been doing the Chicken Wing Festival, and how did this even come about? Yeah, you know, I was always a food marketing guy. So I, I would always represent, I had a food marketing company nationally and represented different products you see in grocery stores and create promotions that always tied in charities. And that was kind of my play for about 15 years. And then there was a movie called Osmosis Jones with Bill Murray, big junk food eater, and he wanted to go to the Buffalo Wing Fest. And we didn't really have one. 97 Rock had a wing stock, but not a big national one. So I rented the movie and decided just to go for it. And um, it was a challenge, needless to say. There's no blueprint. And it's really, I'd always been in partnerships with charities, 
supermarkets, food manufacturers, and the media, and it was all about partnerships. So I just decided to do the same thing with the Wingfest. It was about getting restaurant sponsors and the media and just getting the community to engage and believe like this thing was important because in Buffalo, everybody said, oh, chicken wings, we can get those anywhere. But to have a national event where you become the Super Bowl, the Mecca for the country with an annual event, that's taken ownership. Mm -hmm. And that was what I had to do, and that was what I had to prove. So when one starts, obviously, a huge event like this nationally in the United States, like, like I mean, where do you even start? Like, Because what probably helped, in my opinion, Drew, from what I'm hearing from your background, is that you've had some partnerships already, and you kind of were, obviously, at a marketing company for, it sounds like, for, for food and whatnot. So it sounds like you had a background on that. But from a, I guess I'll use the word lame standpoint, how does one start yeah. something like this? There's so many different skill sets that go into running an event. Yeah. And I felt I had like probably half of those. The first thing you got to do is learn how to forge your wife's signature so you can get a $100,000 home equity loan. And um, I pulled that <laughs> off without a hitch. I don't recommend doing that anymore. Because that's illegal. That got me my, <laughs> that got me my funding. I, I, my wife knows about that now. Of course. But um, you had to have some, you know, I was, but I was smart about it. I didn't just go for it, go for it. I took a calculated risk. And my life's been about calculated risks, not total risk. I don't believe in that. My first planning date was September 11th at oh. 9 a.m. 2002. I was going to say, okay. You can't even make it? this up. Yeah. So I had my company. I had a, a couple designers. I had some salespeople. We were meeting, and all of a sudden, everything breaks loose in New York City. Right. So we weren't even going to do the event, but then that April, we decided, okay, we're going to do it Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. And we rented the baseball stadium where the Buffalo Bisons play. It was Duntire Park at the time. And we just went for it. And I had to literally fly restaurants in from different parts of the country, put them up in hotels, and pave the way because nobody believed this thing was going to work. And then I went to sponsors. I went to Pepsi and said, I'm going to have one soda company. It's going to be your Coke. Okay, I'm in. Mm -hmm. Frank's Red Hot, Tyson. And I built some sponsorship. And nobody really knew what this was going to be because there's never been one. Mm -hmm. Well, the first one, we had about 40,000 people. The chicken wings, we had turkey fryers. We rent. I bought 100 turkey fryers, you know, the ones you're not supposed to use. You didn't buy them? I mean, you didn't rent them, you bought I them? I bought them, I had to buy them. Because you, that means you were all, why, why couldn't you rent them? I was like your t-shirt. I was all in yeah. on everything. And um, we had fires and tents, and we had the fire marshal there, and we had, it was, it was tough, it was yeah. rough. But we pulled it off, and we sold beer, and people were on the grass baseball field like they were at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. So that alone was really cool. And we raised a lot of money for charity. And um, now we're 22 years later. And we're actually at the Bills Stadium on the NFL field at Highmark. And it's been a long progression. And I remember being on the Salem's Field or Duntire back then. Or maybe not that year, but like obviously over the years and how it's progressed to the Highmark. So, so why switch to the high mark, by the way? Is this because you just needed the, the space? We were the one of the ultimate pivots during the pandemic. We all talked about during the pandemic, we were all doing these conference calls and Zoom calls mm -hmm. and getting together and chatting. And um, we had a, our, an event canceled. Our 20th anniversary was canceled. And then the next one, we found out that the Toronto Blue Jays had rented oh, out, basically yes, took over yes. the baseball stadium in downtown Buffalo, yeah. and they had games that Labor Day weekend. So we were out. And they also changed the ballpark around where the back area, where they had all the parties and tents and that, was taken up by bullpens and banding cages. They renovated the whole field, so we couldn't do it. So I called a very good friend of mine, Ron Rakuya, 
and said, Ron, I need a, I need a home for the National Buffalo Wing Festival. And he and the Buffalo Bills were open arms and fantastic between Delaware North, the Bills, everybody. We pulled off our first one there, and it was quite a change. Logistically, yeah. Yeah. it was 100% different. So it was, a, it was like going back to square one, a huge learning curve. But now this will be our third year, and we got you know, all the kinks out. And it's a different type of event. It's a pu- more pure event. People that go really are into chicken wings or into the bills. They get to go on the field. It's, um, it's been great. And the restaurants come in from all over the country. They're very proud to be representing their city or their home state. And they have a chance to take home some awards from the Super Bowl of chicken yeah. wings. Yeah, I see. Because, yeah, I go over here, man. I love it. So I have to ask now. So now there's two different directions I can take this. But I guess I'll ask the first question. So because I want to, because it's an entrepreneurial podcast, is that, when someone has wants to create a large event, we're talking a large event. I would say at least a thousand bucks, a thousand people, thousand people. You know, a small event might pay a hundred, hundred fifty people, especially compared to yours. Yeah. When someone wants to do a large event, what is the one or two things like you need to know this, or don't even bother, or or maybe one or two things that maybe you didn't maybe see coming when you first started. You're like, oh, I didn't even think about that because this is obvious. This was so new for for you when you first started. I think number one is with any business you start, you have to do a P&L, right? Whether you're raising money for yourself or for a charity, you got to put a number below that line. This is what I need to make or raise, mm-hmm. right? And then you build from there, okay? And you have to have a plan between you know, fees, sponsorships, revenue of food or drinks sold or whatever it may be. You know, this is how I'm going to make money. And then you got to look at the expenses. The key then, you got to find the right venue. The venue's got to support the type of event you want. Everybody told me I should go down on the waterfront. Well, go on the waterfront. I have no loading dock. I have no electric, no water, no job. I mean, okay, think of the costs involved. So you need a venue that's going to give you the type of vibe that you're looking for for the event, but also all the logistics and all the infrastructure that you want for the event as well. And how, now, obviously, for someone that first starts, like, what are the costs? You just start calling up vendors, and you just start you just start piecing yeah. together your Excel spreadsheet, basically. Well, that's I, I think what you should do is call around and try to talk to some people that will talk to you that have had events. You know, kind of like I did with you. In fact, like, you that was our first conversation years ago. I'm like. Matt Carlucci connected us, if I remember yep, correctly, yep, and yep. Drew. I'm like, is this guy even going to pick up my phone call? He has no idea who I am. Yeah. You know, I'm a nobody. And what was cool is that you gave me the time of day and you're, you're explaining to this. So call someone like you who's kind of been there and done that almost. Yeah, and I kind of like gave you a lot of the cons because it was pandemic time, wasn't yeah, it? it? Was, yeah, it was. And I gave you a lot of cons because the first thing I asked was, tell me about your personal situation in your family. Well, you're a young guy that's growing. One thing that people need to realize, you, you might want to start a business or an idea, but your personal life, especially now, is so important. Your responsibility. you got a baby on the way. You know, if you've got kids, you're trying to you know, save money for a house, you can't roll everything in. you got to be strategic. And when you're an entrepreneur, you're in your own business, you're, it's all rolled in, baby. Your business and your personal life is all rolled in. And, and try to create that balance between personal and business life is the biggest challenge you'll get, both economically and personally. Awesome. Well, thanks for that answer, Drew. So just because of time here, I'm going to keep rattling off some questions here, dude. So 
for obviously when we talk about sponsoring and how you call Pepsi and say, hey, you're the only, you know, Coca-Cola there, if you will, only or uh, only soda there. And then same thing with, with Tyson chicken and whatnot. So obviously you can't just call them up. It's not like the, the marketing person or whoever does the sponsorships number is in the phone book. Did you just call the 1-800 number? Did you already have these relationships built? And how did you get this media coverage? Obviously Chicken Wing Festival has a cool ring to it, but how does one go about doing something like this? Well, it, it, it's tough to start. <clears throat> you got to remember, I was 40 years old when I started the Wing Fest. I already had a good 15 years in of local business where I was helping out. I was on, I must have been on 15 or 20 different charity boards, okay? So I was always the, the marketing guy on a charitable board. And I was always volunteering at events. So I was pretty well connected. And I understood the media through that a little bit, you know? You can't fake passion, David. You're passionate about what you do or you're not. If you're not passionate about what you do, it's going to come across, you know? And I was really passionate about what I was trying to accomplish. I mean, did I love chicken wings? Yeah, but everybody loves chicken wings, right? But I also love promoting Buffalo and raising money for charities. Yeah. So it came across. And when I talked to, you know, uh, let's do media first. When I talked to the different media folks, they thought, yeah, this guy's really into it. And then over time, I created this, the Wing King. So that's where my personal branding came in. So, you know, back in 2008, I already had like six years in, Bobby Flay coined me the Wing King. He came out to challenge me to a throwdown, and I beat him. We both wore the chicken wing hats, and now this is kind of my look that I do for my branding at different events. So when you brand yourself also, now in the beginning, I didn't have this whole persona. That's how I extended the Wing Fest. But... In the beginning, if, if, you're, if you're a good person, people want to do business with people they like. People want to do business with people that know that, oh, you care about me? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, knowing what you're doing comes third or fourth. Yeah. You know, first of all, they want to know that you're real and you're sincere. And then sponsorship, that is tough. It's a, every year's tough. Every yeah. year's a grind. Because so many people are probably trying to fight for those sponsor dollars, right? Yeah. You, you, you know, everyone's you, trying to gun for it. Oh, exactly. So you got to remember... All I had was, you know, so see it. So Don Esmond did an article about, it was his idea. Why don't we have a wing fest? I called him and said, I think I'm going to do it. I rented the movie, stole the ideas from the movie. Really, it was real life knocking off Hollywood. Met with Don Esmond. He does this article on Man of Plan a Wing Fest. And he said, how oh, I'm going to go after different sponsors. So when I met with, back then you could meet with people. I would meet with people. All I had was this newspaper article. And then CNN did a 30-second clip. There's going to be a wing fest in Buffalo, New York. And it was a 30-second clip. So I would show them the CNN clip in the newspaper article. I said, that's all I got. But you know what? I haven't done anything yet. Look what I got. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have one hot sauce. I want it to be you, Franks. One soda. I want it to be you, Pepsi. Mm -hmm. One chicken wing. I want it to be you, Tyson. And we're going to make this national. We're going to make it huge. And I am determined to do it. Yeah. And it came across. Yeah. And that's how I got started. And then through the years... You know, some companies will have it in their budget to do events or target Buffalo or they want to do events and you'll get them some years, some years you don't. You could work your tail off to get a sponsor and not get it. And then somebody calls you and says, I want to sponsor. Mm -hmm. you know, you get the I have to imagine the second year was easier than the first year, right? Because you already have a little oh, proof in the pudding, right? Absolutely. I had pictures to show. Mm -hmm. I had no pictures, no anything. Mm -hmm. You know, your first year is really tough. And then, you know, over the years, you, you know, you evolve. I always tried to make it fresh and do different things. Like we had a, a race called the 0.5K. Mm -hmm. Not a 5K, a 0.5K. Mm -hmm. 
for the motivationally challenged. You would dress up in a chicken wing costume or a oh buffalo God. themed costume. We run around the baseball stadium and end up in right at uh, the center field. Oh my God. And we would play chariots of fire like it was a real race. And, you know, we'd do wacky stuff like that. We would bob for chicken wings in a kiddie pool full of blue cheese. That got national attention. See, when we started the Wing Fest, it was right when the Food Network and Travel Channel started to do on the road shows talking about regional foods. It wasn't in the kitchen with Emeril Lagasse and all that anymore. Mm -hmm. So we were at great timing and the internet was really starting to play. Mm -hmm. Like the early 2000s, people were sharing stuff and, and um, social wasn't there yet, but the internet, you could Google and find things and we were all over the place. Mm -hmm. So that we were, timing and luck is everything in, in, to being successful. Yeah. Anybody successful that says they didn't have timing and luck, they're lying. When you work hard enough, eventually luck will hit. You know what I mean? You have the first couple of times and whatnot. So to kind of finish up that question, did you just like look up like the nearest Coca-Cola or Pepsi headquarters in Buffalo and you just called them up is basically what you did? Now remember in my previous life, yeah. I was a marketing guy oh. with, and I, and I, so I went to all of my relations, yep. top smartest, and, you just asked them, yeah. and I asked who's the contact. I had different food brokers that represented the products. They knew me because of what I did. So I was actually the right guy yeah. to do this. And yeah. I, I, I was on so many boards of charities, I would invite the charities to volunteer yeah. and give them a portion of the proceeds. Yeah. So it was kind of like the old stone soup fable. Yeah. You know, everybody in the community starts throwing stuff in to make a nice yeah. soup, celery care, whatever. I just created partnerships with everybody. Yeah. Hey, really quick, I just interrupt your podcast really quick to ask you a simple question from one of our business sponsors of the Western Entrepreneur Podcast. Do you need a lawyer? If you own a business, then yes. From business formation, operating agreements, corporate contracts, licensing agreements, and employment contracts to business litigation, every business needs a great lawyer in its corner. The business attorneys at Rump Base, Falls Grab Cunningham, customize every solution to the needs of your business while keeping you in compliance of local, state, and federal laws. Visit our website today at rumpbase.com. That's R-U-P-P-B-A-S-E dot com. Rump Base Falls Graph Cunningham, People at Law. Now, back to your podcast. That's so smart. And like, I want to make sure that, you know, we're pausing here and making sure I'm hitting this for our audience here. So for those that are watching or listening, what are ways that you can partner now? You might be thinking of an idea, but maybe it's an event, maybe it's a charity, maybe it's just something that you're very passionate about that involves bringing other people uh, into it, right? Who can you partner with? Who can you build relationships with now? Who can you give first now so you can ask later? Because it's not a good time to ask the first time being, hey, I don't know you, but can I, can I, can I get can you sponsor? Can you do this? And, and Drew is so right. About 95% of my sponsorships for my events for my podcast, for anything that partners with me, I already have had a relationship with them. I've met them. I've connected with them. I've tried to, you know, maybe, maybe I don't always give first. Every situation is different. But I think it's so important to be at least intentional with that because because that's so smart with what you did. You've you kind of like built this perfect storm up before you even needed it. Yeah. I think that was really smart. So let's talk about staffing. So it's not to get people to volunteer. So let's say somebody has a pretty big event and they need people to volunteer. They should just ask their friends and family. So, or is there maybe organizations you can partner up with? Where's a good source for that? Friends and family create events. Yeah. <laughs> Every first event, I guarantee it's friends and family. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what it's all about. And that's what I did. My, 70, my mom was, what, 72 at the time. Yeah. She was a volunteer coordinator. Oh, my God. You know, and um, I just had friends and family come in, and we were totally understaffed, completely 
miserably understaffed for yeah. a few years. And then I was able to get a few bucks in my pocket and start paying some people. And the staff I have now, we've probably got 20 people and we pay them all. Yeah. And they can't, they're like all, all professionals. All year round or just for that? that oh, thing. just for that weekend. Oh, okay. I have one gal that helps me out with the restaurants during the course yeah. of the year to do the paperwork and all that. And logistically and set up. Her name's Chrissy. She does a great job. Yeah. So she's with me, you know, year round. She's got her, everybody's got real jobs. I mean, yeah. big jobs too. Yeah. yeah. You know, but that weekend... It's Winkfest weekend, and it's like I lose a few to babies and marriages, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah. but it's uh, we are a family. I yeah. mean, even the church, we're all a big family. That's what we are. And one thing I, I just a piggyback on what you said. One thing I realized is that you know, and I really appreciate this is that you always um, bring people the judge. And I noticed you're very intentional with those invites. You're like Channel Four News, Channel Seven News. You have like. You know, Paul Hamilton, right? Who ironically is my neighbor, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, so he's my neighbor. I know she dealt me, Del Rey and I were, were a group one year for, for judging the Chicken Wing Festival. So what was really cool is you partner with people who help spread the word, who are just good people, good philanthropists, if I'm saying that word correct. And I just noticed that, like Patrick Hammer, I can't believe you got him to dunk on, on the Murray's Blue know. Cheese last year, by the way, because I'm like, he's not going to do it. He did it. But I just noticed you're very, like, did you just start doing that? Have you always been that way for the 22 years? Or how did you, like, how, how have ways you've refined it over the years that maybe we can learn from? Like you keep refining the process, you keep finding out what works, what doesn't work. What maybe what have you, what have you learned along the way that way? I you know relationships. My next door neighbor, the first wing fest, was a hockey player for the Buffalo Sabers named Stu Barnes. Yeah, great player, one of the most beloved guys. I asked him if he can come out. Robbie Takex, a friend of mine, asked Robbie, "Can you come out?" Yeah. And you want, especially now with social media, yeah, you want people especially younger people, they want to go places that they think are cool. Mm -hmm. And if you have celebrities or people they follow, that's where they want to go. Yeah. And I just like Patrick Hammer. I mean, can you find like a nicer guy? Yeah. I mean, just a great guy. And all these people in the media now have become my friends, mm -hmm. you know? So I asked them to come out and support. I asked them to share my message on social media to, again, get the word out there. But like even you, I mean, David, I mean, Look at how we, we, it was a phone call, and then I started following you, and before you know it, I asked you to be a judge, and you come out, then I sponsor an event to yours, and we've never done business together, really. It's just, yeah. it just you know, do business with people that you like, yeah. and you like what they're doing. I think people like what I do, because the promotion Buffalo gets on this for the years, the national coverage, and just the, the, the economic impact when all these people come in from all over the country. You know, we, we sometimes we get people from all 50 states. We set up a visitor center with Visit Buffalo Niagara, our tourism bureau. They promote it all out. And we promote Wayne's because Buffalo is Wayne's. Mm -hmm. It is. Well, it's brilliant. So I never, you know, I never when, like, when we first kind of started talking, you talk about the three buckets. So like entrepreneurs, obviously, you know, it's not about making money. You have to have passion because as soon as you make money and, and not to sound, uh, I hope it doesn't come across as hubris or egotistical, but making money isn't that hard. But when you make money, you'll know when you're passionate about doing something because because if you start making money, then you start, you know, dwindling away from that. It's like a slow, painful death. So for, for me, t explain to those that three buckets of money, though. Yeah. So I always talk about three buckets of revenue. And for me, it just happened. All of a sudden, I'm like, man, I'm doing pretty good in three different things. So when I started, when I had my food marketing company, I did really well. I had one national. Like when I say national, I did national programs with Kroger's, Albertsons, like supermarkets all over the country. And... When I, and I got into real estate when I was um, 35. So real estate investing, especially down in Elkville, I saw an opportunity. I remember years ago when you see a place in Elkville, it was beat up and it was all choppy rooms. You, you buy it, you 
make it look, get some lipstick on it, knock out a few walls, make it open and resell it and flip. I was doing that. So I'm flipping properties. I'm, I got the food marketing company and then I got the Wingfest. So I got my three buckets going, right? Because if it rains for the Wingfest, I could lose money, right? But I've got the other two buckets. And then I got a call from the mayor of Akron, Ohio. It was like probably 15 years ago, probably my third year in the Wingfest. Will you do a national hamburger festival in Akron, Ohio? Because the story says two guys from Akron went to the hamburger fair, the Menchie's Bars invited the hamburger. Well, they gave me carte blanche, so now I'm doing the National Hamburger Festival. Now I'm up to four buckets. And now I got the problem with the balance of life yeah. and family, I mean yeah. professional family, you know? So I never worried about money, and I never spent a lot of money. I was not a, I'm not a big spender. Some people say I'm cheap, I call it frugal. But um, all of a sudden, you know, then you invest your money in a real, I just kept, I, I love making money, you know why? It's how I keep score. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about the money. It's just you keep score making money. That's it's fun, you know. You know, then the hamburger festival went away with the pandemic and it was a little too much. And with real estate, it's just I just think everything is I'm not gonna say overpriced. I think there's a new normal in real estate value. So ah, I'm sixty two, I don't want I'm out. So now I'm down to, you know, a bucket. Yeah. I'm down to a bucket. Yeah. And you know what? I don't need another bucket because I've been done well and I love my bucket. Yeah. <laughs> and the Wingfest bucket, I'm so far ahead of things. I'm thinking differently. I, I mean, I've hired Shy Guy Sean yeah. from Kiss98.5. He's a great social media guy. I, I'm studying social media influencers. I'm an influencer. So I'm learning. I still do my TV, my radio, and all my traditional advertising. Yeah. Yeah. But I am all into social media influencers and learning it and hiring people who know what they're doing. Right. Valley, shout out to Shy Guy Sean. He actually helped me with my itinerary to Morocco. Oh, really? Like Morocco. Oh, he's fan. a big traveler. Big traveler. Big photographers, you know. So um, shout out to you, Shy Guy Sean. Don't pretend you know everything. Because, the, I mean, some people say, Drew, you're, pretty, you're a good marketing guy. <laughs> I used to be. Because marketing's different now. And marketing's, you know what? There used to be, every generation was a 20-year demographic, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it depends on this thing. Yeah. When something changes, there's a new social media platform. Even when these came out, you got Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, Millennials. Look at that. How far apart are all those four, gener- yeah. four groups in age? Not far, yeah. right? I mean, I, I got a Millennial and a Gen whatever in my yeah. family, and they're, yeah. and they're four years apart. So, And there's different ways to market to each of them. So you have to come out with four or five different marketing plans. There's no one marketing plan, and I think that's for a lot of businesses. Mm, that makes that makes a lot of sense, and I I, I kind of I'm thinking we should name the title of this "Love Your Bucket," which kind of sounds weird. <laughs> uh, it sounds weird. But your you bucket list. Your bucket list. Your bucket list. Yes, the bucket list. I think that's so smart. To I, I totally agree with that. Like the Western Entrepreneur isn't the only thing I do. You know, the the neighborhood magazines isn't the only thing I do. So for me, it's creating buckets around passion. Passion things that I love doing, I would do for free, even if I won the lottery. Things that I really enjoy doing, which for me and you and I are the same cloth. Like I'm all about relationships, and like I love meeting other people that are on this journey, entrepreneurship, or, or chasing their passions, or thinking about unique, different ways, innovative ways to kind of just move the the needle forward. And that can be in a lot of different things, but things that I that I'm excited about. And I love being around those people. Playing off that, remember that commercial, "Stay in your lane, bro." Yeah, I think uh, life's a highway. Right, and there's different roads to take, and you can take different roads to get the same uh, destination. Mm-hmm. And the path that you set out on your journey is going to change, and you just got to change with it. But don't 
change lanes from the inside lane to the fast lane. Change one of it. Stay close to your lane. Mm -hmm. If you want to do another bucket, stay close to your lane where it's something you've got expertise in. And, you know, I think I can do this too. I can sell something else to my customers in this business because it kind of falls into it. So stay within your your lane to a certain degree. I like that. It doesn't have to be 180 degrees. Like, well, I'm already serving this demographic with my passion. You know why? I notice there's a little need here. Why don't we create this bucket here? Hopper House. Yeah. You ever go to Hopper House? I love Hopper House. Unbelievable. So, (laughs) yeah. So I I remember going there a couple times and we got there at six o'clock and all of a sudden it's nine o'clock. It's time to leave. Should have, we should have left. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the German band's gone, which is really a Polish polka playing German music, which is kind of funny. But then a DJ comes in, and he's playing music. Yeah. And now kids my that my yeah. kids went to high school with and college with are there. It's like a, it's like 25 into 35. Completely different atmosphere. It's a different atmosphere. Now, instead of my group leaving and they close for the night, okay, let's get the new group. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Good transition. Yeah. So that's basically all the time we have, Drew, believe it or not. We're, we're out, man. We're out. So at least tell people the dates so they can mark it down in their calendars for the Wing Fest. Do yeah, your shout out. Yeah. And um, I always leave with this. If some, I'm sure there's questions that people have not had a chance to. Dave, I wish Dave you asked this question. Or I really like to ask this question, Drew. Maybe a good way for people to contact you, whether it's email, cell phone. Everyone's done a, you know, a little bit of everything yeah, here. Yeah. So Wing Fest shout out and then the best way to contact you if somebody has questions for you. Yeah, so always Labor Day weekend. This year it's September 2nd and 3rd, Saturday and Sunday, 12 to 9 on Saturday, 12 to 7 on Sunday. Highmark Stadium, you go on the turf at Highmark where the Buffalo Bills play. You get to run up and down. You get to take your Christmas pictures. It's lots of fun. And, um, you know, it's uh, you can always email me at wingking at buffalowing.com. Yeah, I'll respond at some point. Um, I'm not huge myself on social media because I'm just a little, I don't, I'm not disgruntled, but I just don't want it a ton. So if you message me through that, don't expect a quick answer. Better off emailing me, you know? So, um, but um, no, being, I I love your, I love what you do, David. Um, And I just uh, think everybody's got to follow their passion, do what you want to do, but you got to do it responsibly. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks for those that tuned in today. If you have not hit the subscribe button, whether it's on the podcast platform using or on our YouTube channel, make sure you hit that subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, we'd love for you to share this on our social media. Share the love. Share the share the the, the wealth of knowledge, hopefully, that's been useful to you and hopefully be useful to others. And uh, make sure you check out the Chick Wing Festival with Drew. And well, we'll see you there. Buffalowing.com. Buffalowing.com. Oh, my God. You're I'm good. a terrible market. We'll put it in our bio. So you're good. <laughs> thanks for joining us, guys. If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to WNYEntrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.